0: Me if he ain't grabbing a coke. We about to sift on our bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober the Brennan T game B on your social media fees. And Brennan tassif is your eggs, drinking buddy. Brennan tassif is your eggs, drinking buddy. Brennan tassif is your eggs, drinking
1: your extraterrestrial. What's up everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassiff. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop, do drugs, get drunk, and get in all sorts of trouble, shenanigans. You know, that kind of stuff. Sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with a friend and reminisce about crazy old stories. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest, this week is no exception, coming in all the way from New York City, Colin Chamberlain.
0: Thank you so much, everybody. Sit down. Sit down, please. Quiet, quiet please. Yeah, quiet. we have a show to do. Because <laughs> this isn't video, we can do stuff like that. Yeah. We can say things like, oh, my God, this! I can't believe we have a thousand people. It's crazy, here. the audience that came out yeah. for Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a draw.
1: Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. As we were just discussing before <laughs> yeah, the mic went live. How loud. well
0: my draw is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Thank I'm you for coming on. excited to do this. On. Yeah, this I've is fun. heard... I've heard such great things about this podcast. I've had so many buddies do it, and I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you
1: for coming. Plug everything up front. Promote Plug. everything you got coming up. Here's what we social got: social media, folks. the whole thing.
0: Now would be the time to take out a pen and paper. Uh, if <laughs> you if you have any social media presence, I'm on there. Instagram is at Colin underscore comedy. Twitter's Colin comedy. Facebook. It's just Colin Chamberlain. TikTok is Colin underscore comedy. I post clips on there. I got a podcast called Hell Gigs. It's a fun podcast where I talk to other comics about their worst shows. Oh, yeah! I got to ask
1: you about your worst show. We'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, you,
0: you're more than welcome. And uh, I also have a album and a special that just came out in January. It's called Hello, It's Me. The special is on YouTube for free. You could go check it out. I think it's good. The album is on, uh, it's actually not on Spotify anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, their label took it down. Uh, but uh, it is on iTunes and Pandora, and it's on Sirius. So if you listen to it, great. Send me a little picture. Hey, I'm listening to your album. Here's what I find the best thing to do you get, if you have a streaming thing like Apple Music or Pandora where you don't have to pay, pay for it, you find the album, you turn it on, you turn your volume all the way down. And then you throw your phone across the room and go about the rest of your day. Just let it run, baby. Let it run. Hit the repeat button. Let it run for a couple hours. Get some chores done. By the time you come back, that's all we need. One of my very
1: close friends is uh, an artist who does music. Mm -hmm. And when his album – I'm going to try and be vague because I don't want him to get caught up in it. But when his album came out, he added on – like a smart TV mm-hmm. in his living room, a smart TV in his bedroom, and on his phone, just running like yeah. different Spotify apps and stuff mm-hmm. on loop.
0: <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing with mine. I just said, well, it's time to put bump the numbers. Yeah, and, there you um, go. Juice juice it up a little bit. Cook the books. So that's where everything is. And uh, as far as like dates and stuff, I post everything on Instagram. I have a website, callincomedy.com. I post dates on there. Um, yeah. So check it all out. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, Perfect. Please.
1: Well, for the listeners, we are um, back at uh, Gotham, but it is now Gotham Production Studios. No longer Gotham Podcast Studios. They've upgraded. Yeah. New building, new studios. Mm-hmm. This is...
0: Very nice. This is nice, right? They put in some walls. Yeah. You know? So that's We're great. getting
1: there. We're moving up in the world. Sixteenth yeah. floor 16th now, floor, not on the tenth anymore, baby. Sixteenth
0: floor. No, everybody knows business doesn't happen before the fourteenth floor. Everybody knows so that. So if you're above fourteen, you're doing all right. Um. So
1: tell everybody it's first time on the podcast. Yeah. We Um. We've kind of been circling, doing it, but I know you've been busy and yeah. I've been busy. So we finally got together. Tell everybody kind of about you since it's your first time on. Yes. So when did you uh start doing comedy?
0: I started doing comedy. Um. Uh August between June and August of I've been doing it almost nine it'll be nine years this August. Okay. So Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah. I was in college. where did I, you go to college? Uh Pitt, University of Pittsburgh. Okay. There you go. Um hail to Pitt. Uh and so I started in go college. Go Boilermakers, right? Uh, yes. The boiler I making Pittsburgh Boilermakers. Uh Steeler, Panthers, Penguins. Pirates. All, it's all one team. Uh, every team in Pittsburgh is one team. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, so what? Um, let's take it all the way back. Okay.
1: What drew you to comedy? Have, were you always funny, or did um, you enjoy? Because I've had people on who are like, I just like people paying attention mm-hmm. to me. So stand up's the easiest way to do that. Right. And then I've had people on like me who are like, No, I'm a psycho. Like comedy's my entire life. Like, right. I love stand up.
0: I I'd like to think I'm somewhere in the middle of that Get where that that. I so I. Uh, Always in like I I always liked comedy and stuff. I remember, um, my dad always had comedy playing, like stand up uh, like, like stand up, yeah, okay. like like um like like CDs, you yeah. know. Like I know the like the big one we listened to. We listened to. Uh, well, he he had Jerry Seinfeld special on DVD. We watched that. Um, it doesn't age well, but Bill Cosby's himself. Like okay. I remember getting that when I was like ten years old on DVD, and I thought it was the funniest thing. Uh, and then, uh, of all the things, Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Get her down And Blue Collar Comedy Tour rides again. were staples go. in my, uh, dad's car. Okay. So, you know, we listened to, I listened to a lot of, and I remember, like, I would, you know, tell the jokes in class and stuff, but I wasn't, like, a very, I w- I'm by no means an extrovert, which, I, like, I feel like a lot of comics aren't, um, it's
1: a it's weird. Yeah. How introverted even my stage presence right. is like, oh, this guy is wild and crazy. And if I'm around the right people, I can sure. let loose. Sure. But ninety percent of the time, like I'll go out to eat by myself because Savannah works at night and I just right. sit in the corner of the bar and I won't talk to any, Absolutely. Like, headphones in, like, don't well, bother me. Our lives are you.
0: spent alone. I mean, yeah. I, I every weekend that I'm away, I'm I'm in a breakfast place by myself or a you know. If you know somebody you're working with, that's kind of nice. Like then you can maybe, but you know, a movie at noon that's in in solo. Michigan. Like I'm gonna do that by myself. I do that stuff know? by myself in New York, yeah, and I live yeah. here. Right. Well, hey, that you know, that's not I'm a bad way to live. I'm more comfortable
1: being alone.
0: Yeah, I think comics have to be comfortable being alone. But yeah, so then the the real bug that got me was so my dad sort of. Before I was born, he he was getting into comedy himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was like emceeing a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. You know? Yeah, and so, but then he stopped doing it after I had kids, and he started. was um, the dream. You killed yeah, his dream. Right. I did kill his dream. But then, <laughs> when I was yeah, I was in college. I guess I was I was in college. I was like, I think I was like nineteen at the time, and. There was a comedy club that opened like fifteen minutes from my house. It's not there anymore because they didn't pay their bills. Uh, but, was
1: this? Uh, were you living at home while you went to? I pit? was living at home. Okay. Yeah.
0: So he started getting back into like some. He got some attention in Pittsburgh. He got. He started a podcast. He started a blog. Oh, your dad did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so he, he, was he started getting that. Get yeah, he was getting some attention. So the guy that booked this club would book him to MC because he was a, he's a really good like hype man you know yeah. what i mean like he'd be a good like warm-up guy for a tv show great or like MC. you know yeah like he doesn't tell a lot of jokes but he's gonna come out there how we doing we feel good this yeah. great show is Here's he still something. doing his podcast he still does it yeah. what is it it's called the, it it's called the jag off podcast y-a-j-a-g-o-f-f and i hate to say it but it is huge uh it is it actually just got the number one out of 40 podcasts the top uh podcast in pittsburgh They've, he's won a ton of awards. He's really, got a, a massive podcast. The Yag-Off it, podcast. You jag off. You jag off. It's like a. It's like a, um You jack off. Yeah, kind of like that well, it's it's like like calling someone like how they would say like uh, in New York like jerk like you're yeah, a jerk you're off. Yeah, you fucking jerk off, right. dude. But it's, in Pittsburgh, be like you're a jag off. Yeah. So that's his podcast. It's all about Pittsburgh. Okay. So shouts out to
1: yeah. Papa Chamberlain. Papa
0: JC Johnny, Johnny James. Um, Johnny Chamberlain Johnny Chamberlain, and Rachel Rennebeck, the co host of the Jagoff podcast. Great people, great podcast. Listen to mine, listen to Brennan's, and then listen to mine, and then listen to the Jagoff podcast because we need it Watch more. Don't you get the
1: biggest bump in his We number. need it
0: more. Do you understand me? If you're listening to this, we need the numbers more than he does. He's doing fine. All right, he's do. He has a one bedroom apartment in Pittsburgh. It's very affordable. Listen to our podcast yeah. first. Hell gigs Hell and ex drinking, drinking, drinking buddy. Put those on repeat and turn the volume down. And throw your phone across <laughs> right. the yeah. room. So he started. i seeing at this club, and I would go with him and hang out and watch. And I was, and then then the guy that was booking the club he would um, pay me to run the spotlight. He would okay. give me like 20 bucks or 25 bucks to like run the spotlight for a show. And to me, this was like the best thing in the world because I was watching, you know, it was like a C-level club, but you're watching, you know, people that were on Last last Comic stand maybe five years ago, six yeah. years ago, come in and headline. They're still professionals. But they're, and th- exactly, they're road dogs, you know? They're just road work comedians that know how to kill. Yeah. So I would go in there and I was totally amazed like by what I saw you Isn't know it fascinating how you can see comics you've never heard and you
1: and I are in it mm-hmm. and like I've been following comedy forever right and I will still go to clubs here and see comics I have never heard of right but they have a following like they're doing their thing like you said they're road dogs and I'll just die and yeah. I go how have I never heard of this dude person?
0: I'm telling you some of the funniest people I've ever seen I they they were they worked the road, maybe they lived in LA or New York for a little bit and then they moved back to Pittsburgh. Comics that have been doing it forty years. That's and insane. and I would open for them at like a fire hall or a VFW or a yeah, church yeah. basement. And they they kill harder than still anybody I've ever seen. Yep. Like if you put them in a room in New York, it like the cellar or the stand, they would destroy. And it's just it just things didn't work out. Yeah, whatever it it's, is
1: it's so the life you know the old saying life happens right i've talked to plenty of people in florida
0: right oh where they went to
1: new york or la got representation and then once they got representation they're like i don't need to be here anymore everything's done online everything's virtual now.
0: right exactly and
1: i'm traveling so much like i can just fly out of the orlando airport versus jfk and pay a third of the rent easier Yeah. yeah exactly and then they just move back
0: right so, yeah, I mean, I was I came up in Pittsburgh. I actually took a class did to you? start. Yeah, I, Was
1: that before you ever did an open mic or anything? Yep. First I thing, I, first. I went
0: to an open mic with my my dad took me to an open mic to watch because he sort of because he was sort of in the world before. He so, it was sort of a thing of like I want you to see what this really means. You so know what I mean?
1: With with the success that your dad had with the podcast and everything, this is fascinating to me. So, was he you said he emceed a lot and hosted and stuff like that. So was he aware of like the struggles that comedians go through? Absolutely. Like at open mics and Absolutely. stuff. Like, okay. I didn't know if he was one of those no. things where he's like, yeah, I host every once in a while. Like no, no, great.
0: he He 100% – because he had friends that stayed in comedy. Okay. So he knew what he, you were getting yeah, into. Yeah. He knew 100% what I was getting into. So I signed up for this class because it's just – it's one of those things. You're like if I want to learn how to paint, I take a class. Yeah. If I want to learn comedy, I would take a class. Right? Yeah do this class, there's like a class show at the end, and I start going to open mics, and I like, they're like, we're gonna present the award to the class clown, something cheesy, you know? And I end up getting it, and and I'll never forget, me and my dad and my sister are at, because they came to the show, and I mean, we're talking about a five minutes that if I had to watch right now, I would I wouldn't be able to make it through. I, you know, I know throw what I mean? Like I, I would be sick, truly. Yeah. I I remember I wore a ball cap. I don't wear a hat on stage, but I wore a ball cap, uh, like loose baggy jeans and like slip on boat shoes, essentially. Like I was dressed like an idiot, and I was horrible five minutes. But it was good enough, and we're sitting at this. Have you been writing up to this point? Um, I was writing when I got into the class. Okay, because I know some people yeah. are like,
1: yeah, I wanted to do stand up, so I wrote for like three years right. and just yeah. notebooks of stuff. Yeah, and,
0: then... and I, I sort of always like like had funny ideas, I thought. Yeah. You know. I'm the same her... way. As
1: a storyteller, that's the style of comedy. Right. If I had to say what I did, that's right. what I do. So it's weird because I would love telling stories to people and I never like realized like that's oh, that's my voice in standup. So when I first started I was trying to do all this like shock jock stuff. Right. But I had Like, I remember the first open mic I went to, I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, just write down, like, I had a, I had said I was going to do comedy, so I had a notebook full of stuff. Yeah. And it was all shock jock humor and shit like that. Yeah. And then I did my first open mic. And then eventually, you you know, you grow into what your style is, and then that's how you write. So your style begets your writing. Of course, after a while. Of
0: course, yeah. It all becomes one. Yeah, you exactly. Know, which is the goal.
1: But I've had people on where they were like they wrote for months, if not years, before they even tried an open mic. Right. And then there are people like you and I where it's kind of like, well, I start once I decided to do it, I started writing and then I did it.
0: Yeah, you know, we'd have like writing prompts and stuff in this class, and it would. It, I I know like comedy classes are really they can really be looked down on. And I do believe that you cannot teach someone to be funny. Yeah. You cannot teach it. But what it did was, I basically paid someone to say, you are gonna get on stage in this class once a week. And we're gonna, and that broke, I felt like my stage fright, you okay. know? Okay, yeah. And that makes a lot And it forced of sense. you to write. It yeah. forced you, you wanted to come. Gives you structure, so it's not this weird. Gives you a little weird... bit, of right. And like, here's where open mics are, you yeah. know? So I am, I don't regret doing it. And so I started doing, but oh yeah, so I we do this class, do, do this show, and I win the first prize, which they're like, we'll book you at the club or the, the, the venue eventually. Yeah. And it's like a year after you get your first gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was so excited, and I'm sitting at the Eaton Park, I'll never forget it, Eaton Park, Pittsburgh-like chain sort of diner on S- Uh, Ohio River Boulevard in uh, Pittsburgh and I'm sitting there and I'm just like through the roof and my dad goes well there's no turning back now is there this is after the the show yeah and I go there's no turning back now fuck yeah and I I I mean I still think about that all the time like he knew as soon as that moment happened he could see it because he's probably felt it you know of like this is about to become his life. And so after that, I started to do mics more. Then you start to get on some bar shows. You know how it is. It's yeah. like you start to pick up a little bit. And then I was fortunate enough to meet comics that were working the road that they take me with them. And you get, okay, you know, like, all right, then you meet a bigger comic, and then they take you with you maybe. And, yeah. you know, and then you start getting road work from clubs. And so things start to progress. and And then eventually you get to a point, I think, where you go... All right. What is? What are my decisions now? I was a regular feature at the Improv in Pittsburgh. Okay. I headlined, you know, an off night, and I was headlining like the little shows around town.
1: Yeah. I'm only smiling because I know where
0: this goes. Right. And you go well. <laughs> time it's to time, make a move. It's time to make a move. It's I can either stay here and be a road comic, right? You know, work, and or. Do I move to an LA or a New York? Or at the time I thought it was gonna be Chicago. That's where and, a lot of people go. Yeah, and I decided to move. I moved with one of my best friends who was also a comic in Pittsburgh. And we moved together with another guy. And um, To New York? Mm-hmm, we moved to New York. And How long ago was this? This was in September of 2019. Okay, because yeah, we were talking about this before right. we started. And, and then, then. <laughs> for people that have a calendar <laughs> nearby, <laughs> If you count about six months or seven months or so after September of 2019. Never forget. You will get to the beginning of the pandemic. So I was in New York for about six or seven. I will not, again, these moments are, I feel like they're so ingrained in you. So like I, was I moved to New York? Nothing's clicking. Of course, you move here. You have like I'm yeah, like, we've ta- I've right, talked you know, about it to the I'm listeners working before. the road, but it means nothing. It means nothing. But I accept the fact that I, I'm able to make a little bit of money yeah. and I'm able to like you know like um, feel like I'm funny. You know that that well, was I was going to th- say
1: that's more important. Right in my opinion, that's more important. Is the the validation of like I right. made the right decision. Yes.
0: It's just not clicking right now. Yeah, so I go to LA. I had to go to LA for a festival that was just outside of LA. So I went early, and I end up booking like a lot of really great shows. I did like Venice Underground. I did this show and uh, called Poncho. I did. I do like. uh, And I. I. I And did you book these through people you knew? Yeah, yeah. I call. I did comedy and magic, which was like. It, I I call a buddy of mine who worked there, and he's like, "I got your spot." And it was I I went That's there. A big deal. It was amazing. They're so nice, and it's like, I'm such a huge like Gary Shandling fan. I'm walking down the halls. I see pictures of Shandling. I know videos of Shandling with that curtain, that gold curtain. Yeah, fine, You know, yeah. and I'm sitting in the green room. They're so nice. They're taking care of everything. You know, you get a tape of your set. I'm like, this is incredible. I do that week of shows, then I go and do this festival, and it's fun, it's a, just a party, and I get on a plane, and I'm coming back to New York, and I'm just like, this is right. I made the right, I remember thinking, I made the right decision, this was what it means to like be a comic. like. I went, I went out of town. I had great shows. I'm excited to get back to New York and get back to work. And, and then, how long were
1: you in New York when this happened?
0: Um, but like seven months. Okay, so months, this is right before you know? the pandemic yeah. hits. And then at this festival. Yes, so then I come back so to- So you're coming in like, I come in hot, I'm ready. Right? Let's fucking go. Let's go. And COVID was just being talked about in the sense of like, there's a virus in China.
1: Yeah, I remember right? that. I'll never forget. I was watching the news- 'Cause I always have in my head this like apocalyptic scenario. Right. It always runs because I'm a catastrophizer. I always think sure. it's the end of the world. Sure. So in my head, that's always playing. And I saw in the news and I said, Yeah, but I always think it's the end of the world. And right. It never is. And like men right in black. It's always time. the end, of, you know, there's always yeah. something about to destroy the world. Right. And then I was like, but it never is. It's always overhyped. The news just tries to scare you. And then it started spreading. And mm-hmm. I was like no, because that's, like, I'm always the one, like, this is it, and mm-hmm. then it never is. Like, mm-hmm. I studied history and political science, so the world's always ending. Right. It's always a war or nuke or something. And I was, like, it never happens because people are too self-involved. They wouldn't want to destroy themselves. And then it kept spreading, and I was, like, oh. And you're, like, is no one going to stop this? Oh, oh, oh right. I, I was right. I was right. right. I was right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's coming for us. Uh, yeah. So then, like, I mean, it literally was, like, a week later um, – I did a show on March thirteenth, and the next night uh, the everything was canceled. Down. Yeah, it was it was surreal. But you know, and then obviously here we are now. I mean, so you stayed. So many people left. I I went back. I bounced back and forth because at the time I was dating somebody who lived in Pittsburgh. Okay, so um, I was bouncing back. I had a show. How far is that drive? I'm not, six hours. Okay, so I had well, the craziest thing was I had a show on the thirteenth in outside of Pittsburgh and i was going to uh drive i was going to borrow my roommate's car and drive and cuz i was going to come back and i remember thinking like my i remember my mom she works at a hospital she called me and she's like you should probably tr- maybe leave a little bit early because it might get weird like things might, and there were the rumors that like they were going to lock the city down I didn't want to miss the gig. So, I'm still thinking like in the terms of like I need this $250 or yeah. whatever. So I um fly Damn, big in To Jeez. Pittsburgh, standby. Uh with a connection I had from the airport, I had to fly through Boston to Pittsburgh. <laughs> 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 Which is not the right direction. Um know. yeah, so but that was the that was the deal. I pack a suitcase. It's like One comedy shirt, a couple T-shirts, a couple pairs of underwear, and a pair of jeans, maybe a pair of gym shorts, small suitcase. Uh, I get to my uh, girlfriend at the time's house, spend like a night or two there, go do the show. The next day, everything shuts down, and it's like, what do we do now? Yeah. And I ended up staying there for a little bit, then coming back to New York, and then I would be in New York for a little bit and then I'd go back to Pittsburgh, you know, and... So
1: when you were in New York, because I was in Florida during everything, yeah. so I was only out of work for like... Two months, right? And then yeah. DeSantis is like, "Fuck that, we're, rev it up." We're, yes, exactly. because, like, and to be honest, I don't want to get political, but a lot of the numbers were the same in cities that were fully open, and then cities that were totally right. locked down. Right. The, I mean, obviously, the populations are skewed, right? But then, like, a lot of the numbers were still kind of like, so. And the Republican South, they right. were like, "Fuck this, oh, we're not open sh- it up." Oh,
0: dude, I remember you, uh, at one point of the pandemic having a show in Nashville. Yeah, and it was packed walking down i got covid
1: in december at a huge show in richmond hill virginia or georgia yeah i believe it um and then literally after that show we went to a bunch of like smaller bar shows because we know a lot of people in savannah and stuff Mm -hmm. so marcus crespo huge friend of the show one of my best friends him and i went to a bunch of shows in savannah and just jumped on and did guest spots and then uh we got back and literally like two days later it was Christmas and I was like I don't feel so hot right and then yeah, the next yeah, day yeah. I tested positive for COVID yeah it was and this wild. is in December when you guys are up here like still in like your little ho- house prisons
0: oh yeah it was crazy I mean it really was a wild time but um I you know I I was living in one apartment I got another apartment. So you
1: were able to maintain and stay like have a residence in New York?
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't do anything, uh, really. I mean, I did a lot of Zoom stuff. Um, Well, because I just know
1: there was a lot of comics who were like. In a situation where they hadn't lived in New York long enough to get unemployment or they yeah. were gig no, workers. I was, so they I was couldn't. able
0: to get unemployment, thankfully, because I was working like a temp job before. OK. See, that was and, the thing was. Yeah.
1: There are a couple people I knew who were only doing comedy stuff. Right. So yeah. when the pandemic hit, it was a lot more difficult for them to get unemployment because yeah. they didn't have like a regular job to be like, hey, this is how much I was making.
0: Yeah, and, and I kept my apartment, too. I was still paying rent on my apartment. So my roommates were living there. And so when I wasn't there, I was still paying rent. Yeah. Because I wanted to keep a place that I could go back to. Absolutely. So I would, you know, sometimes it would be like a month or so, a month well, or two. Well, it's and very would, good you did that because yeah. you
1: said a girl I was dating.
0: Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. So uh, a little foreshadowing. Hey. Um But master storyteller. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I have I had a, got a new place, and it's uh, – It's, and I'm here. I'm still here and I'm still working. Thank God. And I, uh, you just had an album come out. I just had an album come out. Yeah. And, and it's, so that was exciting. I got to record that in my hometown, went back to Pittsburgh, did it at my home club. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. It, It was very nice. Like, um, uh, the label I did it with, Helium Records, you know, they have, a ton of comedy clubs. They can record an album at anyone. Oh, of so them.
1: Helium Records is the Helium Comedy yes, Club. Yes, yes. Okay.
0: So they had asked me to do an album. I was said yes, um, and they were gracious enough to let me do it outside of their brand, f- brand, yeah. which was really nice because, it, one, it, logistically, and also like it made it made sense to do it in a club where I could have a little bit of a draw. Yeah, you know, in my hometown, for me. And also, it was like it was really where I started doing comedy. It's really where I learned how to do comedy in that club, and it was you know to come home and do that. My first album was cool. My if you listen to the album, um, you know the first introduction you just, you hear the voice of god you know like ladies and gentlemen colin chamberlain it is my dad oh, so that's he introduced awesome. me yeah you went from working
1: the spotlight for right. yeah to him introducing exactly. you. yeah on so
0: he did the voice of god for it so it was cool it was a and i you know one of my best friends opened up for me and it was just it was a great experience you learn a lot and uh and then what people don't tell you is that you're just the it ends and you are so depressed you, do, you truly feel like there is no point in doing anything else when you're done. Because you put all this time and all effort, effort. And into this thing. And gone. then it's gone. It's and then gone. it's gone. Until you start to hear like edits and then you're like, okay, and then we can work it. But for about three weeks after I had recorded, I mean, almost the moment that it was over, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I thought I was going to be so excited. I thought I was going to be so relieved and I have no idea what I would do. I was bombing on shows, just dying. I told Steve Rogers this. I said, when you're done recording, because he has an album coming out soon. Yeah, May 6th. Yeah, May we 6th. Here. Um, I said, when you're done, I said, book a vacation as quickly as you can. Get on a plane with your girlfriend and don't come back to the city for like a week. I said, because you need... And and if I do another album again, you know, hopefully I do, I will not book anything. No there's no comedy happening for a week after. Yeah. Because you need a moment to relax. To celebrate, to do, to not think about what's next, what's next, what's next. Absolutely. Because there, you don't know what's next. You don't have anything. I had material that didn't make the album that I could kind of use. I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was, well, and you're not going to use the material that's on the album because right because you just did it. You're also yeah. sick of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. By the time you record, you're so sick of the material, and only recently have I started to like bring stuff that I recorded back into my act because I'm like tweaking it yeah and so then you so then you know you have this thing of like oh i should have recorded that and then you start second guessing things so once you like but that all being said that like i think it's a natural part of the process but like yeah i should have just went to like myrtle beach and played golf for like five days and not talked about comedy and not try to go hang out at a show. You know, because <laughs> there's also the thing where you're through the roof. You're like, you feel so important. You just recorded an album. People are coming to see you record your album. It's a big deal. You know, like the the paper in Pittsburgh's writing stuff and all, you're doing radio. And then you come back to this godforsaken city <laughs> and you're standing outside of a bar show trying to figure out who to send a tape to. Yeah. You know, and you're trying like, trying to grab five minute right, guest spots exactly. at a bar show. So you're like, well, what? It what it just it's a total. What juxtaposition. Is it all for? Yeah, right, exactly.
1: I talked about it here. I was uh we had Josh Adam Myers on the show and we're hanging out and he's showing me like you know, he's like, Can you believe this? And he showed me something on his phone. He was texting with another comic and I looked at the name and I was like, That's a big that's a huge fucking comic. Mm-hmm. And uh and like we were just joking around and then I literally went to an open mic and bombed and then went to my serving job. And I go, What the fuck mm-hmm. is my life? I know.
0: I know. I mean, I'm not saying anybody that knows me knows I'm not one to like toot my own horn, but last week toot, I toot. had a show at Caroline's. Like I my posters up outside of the club in Times Square. My name's on the green. It's like the coolest thing in the world. That was Tuesday. On Thursday, I was in a brewery in Connecticut doing comedy. For a small audience in, in the room next to me, I could see because the plexiglass windows were there, was a more well attended cornhole tournament. People throwing, if you don't know what cornhole is, it's <laughs> where they throw bags of rice into corn, boards bags with of bags corn. of corn. Is that what's in there? Yeah, oh, I thought cornhole. it was right. Oh, that may, okay, that I didn't know that's how I got it. Bags of corn, they throw basically bean bags, little bean bags, corn bags into a board. With a hole in it, and that sold better than the show. And I remember thinking, I texted a friend of mine, a comic, and go, "They go, she goes, how was the show?" I said, "On Tuesday, my dad took a picture in front of my poster in Times Square. Today, I am selling less tickets than the cornhole tournament <laughs> actively going on next to me. So, and between every joke, he's just like, tum, tum." Like someone just kicking like a bass drum because yeah. bags are hitting the board, and you're like, "What am I doing? The fuck is what am I doing?" Like yeah, I do wake up once a week and go, "I wish I loved numbers. I wish I loved insurance or accounting. I wish you know more it's, than this." It's
1: so funny you say that. I wish so often I'll talk to my twin sister who has a family and owns a home, and right. like her family is her whole life. Right? Like she got into shape after she had her kids, and like she like went down this whole path like doing fitness and being a mom and like that's her whole world yeah i'm so envious of that because in my head and i don't know if this is similar for you i know it is for a lot of comics but in my head it's like no this is what i have to do and it's so heartbreaking at times and so shitty but then there are times where i remember when i had my uh going away show at rain dogs and i had like And it's a small room, but there was like 100 people there, give or take. Chris Buck is going to text me, but there was 50 people there. Right, yeah, Uh, yeah. But I remember the stage was like shaking when I went on. Right. Because it was so packed. And I was just like, oh, there's nothing in the world. There's no bonus check. There's no birthday. There's nothing in the world that will compare to this.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, anybody that's worked a job outside of comedy knows how much they don't like it. Like, you know, I worked... uh, Desk jobs and temp jobs and everything, you know. Especially when I first moved here, and you know, I look at I, and God bless my friends that work the nine to five and make it work, and and they have a great Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like I, I'm, I'm happy for them. They make they make a good, they make a better living than I do. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. They're they're more comfortable in their their life. But I I think about like if I had to go to an office for eight hours uh, every day and that was just every day of my life I would walk in with a machete like (laughs) I I swear to God I would end up on the news I would end up on the news and they would go put put them down Put them, come home, please. Just put it down and we can figure this all out.
1: It's like that old Dan Cook joke. Walks into the work with a shotgun and when he gets to my office, he's going to be like, thanks for the
0: candy. Right. Yeah, exactly. I would have spared whoever was like, always had treats, you know. (laughs) But I I really don't think I would have survived that my whole life. Um, But yeah, it's also like, uh, if you're a comic, you are... Well it's tough.
1: Yeah. If it was easy, it would just be the way. Everyone would be in choke. Right. Business.
0: And then you do it for long enough and you're just like, Wow, well, I don't, uh,
1: There's I don't no have any back. other marketable
0: skills. Yeah. You is, know? I'm like, funny. This is what right. I do. I, I just is I mean, I can like put captions on a video, but what what Boom. Well, know? TikTok does it for you now. Right. You yeah. just have to go in and edit a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I wanted so, yeah. to um
1: Bring it back. So you were talking about uh, growing up in Pittsburgh. Yes, that's where you spent most of your life. Yes, yes. Okay, all my life in so Pittsburgh. When did you um? Because you you're a drinker. You like yes. to you like to drink. I on have occasion. I've
0: been uh, you know my 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 mom's side of the f- my mom's half Italian and half like Irish German and my dad's side is is English Irish. Okay, you know the so heavy drinkers. It's it's a part of. The fabric a, of the, your the being. fabric and the culture, you know what I mean? I I not that I that any of them were always like drunk, but like every party there's a drink, and yeah. every every occasion there's some sort of drink or wine or something. So. See, so
1: it was more because growing up in my house, because we're Eastern European for the most part, mm-hmm. so it was very much like. Not like a glass of wine. Like a lot of times, it's like we're celebrating shots. Sure, right. Oh, something else ha- shot. Like let's yeah. here we go. You know. Yeah. Um So in your family, because I you sent me some stories, which I really do appreciate. And yeah. Your dad, speaking of uh, you, jagoff. Right. Um. He is a, a constant in some of these. Yeah. Um. But I wanted to. Uh, so you put stealing church wine on here. Yes. This is when you were super young.
0: I was in about 5th, 6th, 7th grade. Is that the
1: first time you ever drank?
0: Probably. Probably, yeah. So I went to Catholic school growing up. And I... Um, for, from like preschool to 8th grade. And you get to a point... And it was very small school. I mean, like walking distance from my house. Um, five girls, five boys in my 8th grade class. What? Yeah, yeah. Like super small. But like in 6th... Uh, probably Probably 6th grade is when it started. Like 6th grade... You know that you go to mass on Fridays, mm-hmm. and the students would serve mass. You know, you, the, the the students would be the altar boys and stuff. And, and this isn't one of those stories, um, but uh, <laughs> I promise. But uh, so I was an altar boy, and my friends were altar boys. And they, I think the problem is we got to change the boy. You know what I mean? I sometimes people say altar server. It's not as good, but it does sound better than altar boy yeah. we, if we lose the boy we can fix this whole alter thing. person alter person i was an alter person and i um and so but when, when you get to like a certain grade you have to then start like training the younger alter people like third and fourth grade is when you could start to do it, you know, and, and learn how to do it. So I would get out of class to go do that because I'd been doing it for a while and stuff. And my friends had been doing it for a while. You get paid like you do a funeral or a wedding. They give you an envelope like 10 bucks. In yeah. Box, and you'd be like, I'm rich. I if I do three funerals a week, you know that's thirty bucks. I've never seen this kind of money. That's, right? especially you know. when you're that young, because it's like absolutely. Can't, especially
1: because you're only a few years younger than me, and candy back then's like a dollar right. for like a king size stickers Or you know,
0: you're like ten. If you had ten dollars at a at a school cafeteria, oh, you're the king. damage that you could do. I could drink a hundred cartons of iced tea. Yeah. If I wanted to.
1: Ch- that we had chicken tender baskets. They were like three twenty five with yeah. fries and the whole deal. Right. Yeah. You could get get the that dunkers, pizza. A couple cookies yeah
0: exactly you were a king so i like do a lot of altar serving and uh eventually my turn to sort of like train the new people and you're like you get out of class for it so what you would the, the great thing and it's pretty apparent the great thing but also the bad thing about catholic school is there is little to no real supervision yeah because there really aren't they operate outside of the the, the, the laws rules of, of, of school, you yeah. know, the, of like a government school. So I would just be given keys to the sacristy, which is where like they keep like the robes, the wine, the candles, everything. It's like the storage place for for a church. I would be given the keys, me and my friend would go, we'd unlock it. The the other the younger students would come. We'd we'd show them how to like light the candles, you know, where to get the books and here's where you do this, this is where you do this, this is where you stand here. And then they would leave and we would clean up. But after they would leave, we would sit in the sacristy and drink church wine yeah. and play with matches. Did some. And, and like I remember like being in sixth and seventh grade thinking this was like the best thing in the world like drinking little Dixie cups of church wine one after another after another and, and playing with matches I mean it's crazy that there were no adults uh, <laughs> around and no one I remember once someone came in and said it smells like smoke in here and I go we just blew out the candles and I go okay And then they left. And that was it. That's all they said. They did not question anything. Really? Yeah. They didn't say a single word. So yeah. So were you getting
1: drunk off this church wine?
0: I mean, that's probably such low alcohol. Yeah. But like in your head, you're like, I'm buzzed. You know what I mean? Like as a s as a sixth grader, I'm like, I'm feeling it. Yeah, Uh, right. Like like and it was just I don't know. To me it was the it was the most fun thing to do. Well, and it's
1: true. I mean, you fast forward 20 years, it's still a super fun thing to do, hang out with your friends like we do on the show. Right. And then, you know, back when I was drinking, just to hang out with a few people and just drink and sit around and talk shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So doing it in sixth grade or you're doing it when you're 32, it's still
0: fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're just like sitting there and we're like, can you believe Mr. Walker said that this is that? What an idiot. And like, like you're just, just shooting the breeze, you know, having a couple Little cups of wine, little, just a little cups of a wine, little, little no, taste here and there, playing with matches, and then you go back to class. Yeah, and it was just to me, and to the point it was did get to the point where I was like, I was offering to like, to like help more because to get out of class yeah. and go do it, and like my, I remember my teachers being like, "Are you ever gonna be in class?" I was like. Oh, we got a thing, Starting you know, to develop. like we got a, <laughs> we got, a, we got a funeral or we got this or, helping too or much. that. He's, Colin was so helpful. I was so helpful to anybody that needed help, like getting into the sacristy. As or long as you anything. need me to close up the right. sacristy, I'm I here. Will, I'm your guy. I'm yeah, your yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So did you,
1: um... From there, did you were you like a big drinker in high school and stuff? Did you go to
0: public high school? I went to public high school, which was quite a transition. Um, yeah, going from
1: ten people in the class to, to two hundred
0: and fifty in my ninth grade class. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I drank a little bit in high school. Nothing crazy. The norm. The norm. You know, like parties and stuff it's like that. It's always funny when
1: people come on and say the norm cuz I was bullied and a big like outcast in high school. Uh-huh. My sisters and my older brother were incredibly popular, but I just didn't have that. Uh-huh. So I I didn't really start drinking until after high school. So it's right. always funny to me when people are like, "You
0: know, the, you know, parties in high school." And sure. I'm like, well, "No, I have no idea." By, by parties, I mean six guys sitting around a yeah. basement, you know, one of them has a guitar, someone's playing Mario Party, yeah, and you're like, my dad's got beer, you know, like. But I remember the big thing in our high school. Well, see, the thing with our high school was I went to a high school that was known as Heroin High. Oh shit! Yeah, big drug problem. And I remember like the school getting locked down on many occasions to like for drug searches and stuff. Um, I never partook, but you've never done I heroin. Never did heroin. Um. Uh, I've had
1: so many different kinds of people on this podcast. Yeah. I said it to you in like a jokey way, but right. that, that's been a serious conversation.
0: Yeah, on this show. yeah, I believe that. Uh, knowing just people in this business, yeah. but I um, but yeah, I remember the big thing when I was in high school was people would get like bottles of Dr Pepper. And dump half of it out, and then fill it with Bacardi 151. Yeah, 151 and Dr Pepper in the, and you would just pass the bottle around the lunch table or something. You know, people would come with like a couple bottles of it and fuck yeah. Or, or you know, this what else was in big? school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what else was big was like any kind of just cheap vodka with a Gatorade chaser. Yeah, so that's like, what I did yeah. in my.
1: In my worst alcoholism, that's what I did. Was I would get Gatorade powder, yeah, and then I'd get a water bottle, dump half the water bottle out, put the powder in there, right. and then fill it half with vodka, and then just shake it up. And I was like, I can't get dehydrated and, and hungover right. if I'm constantly drinking Gatorade.
0: I thought that once in my life too, until I drank about uh, half a bottle of of um, Kettle One with blue Gatorade. And thought I was gonna have to kill myself the next day. Yeah, I thought I'll never feel good again, and it would be easier to die than to than to do this. Uh, so I uh, I also thought that at one point that if I just drank enough Gatorade, it would be fine and not make my vomit blue. You know, well, it's one of so. those
1: things because they're like Gatorade hydrates you, Gatorade, right. and then everyone's always like, oh, you're hungover. Because you're dehydrated,
0: right? So it's a. And what's the first thing you do when you get when you're hungover? You get like a Gatorade, yeah, exactly. You know, a Gatorade and like a bite to eat. You know, it's like, oh, I need. Yeah, then, yeah. So I just made thought that was how it was, but I, I didn't really turn it on until college. But you were living at home in college. Yeah, I was living at home.
1: Tell tell the listeners how that worked out.
0: I was living at home, and I would go, so I went to Pitt, so like, well, actually, so here's the, here's, I did not get into the main campus of the University of Pittsburgh on first application, first try. Um, I blame that my application was late, and they might blame that I was not the ideal candidate to get into the main campus. (laughs) Whatever it is, it doesn't matter now, but I, I got into the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, which is a very as they told us, it's the same school, it's the same degree. So it's still yeah, it's you're a, still a branch a yeah. right? It's a branch. We see in Pitt Johnstown, pitch So Pitt is all cats, right? So Pitt Panthers is the main campus. Pitt Johnstown, you're the Mountain Cats. Now, okay. Mountain Cat is not Wait, as cool. Wait, Pitt
1: Panthers. I thought it was the Boiler. No, room. no. I was just kidding with you. Yeah, oh. it's the
0: Pitt Pan- University of Pitt Pit Panthers. Who are the um, Boil? Oh, that's Purdue. Purdue. I did not go to Purdue. God, um, you had me. Yeah. I thought I nailed that. I was just that. running with it. I was just running you with it. You yes-handed me to love, the point where I believe it. I'm all in on saying yes to the dress. The Pittsburgh dress. Panthers. Pittsburgh Panthers. So... I was a Pitt Johnstown Mountain Cat my first year and a half. And this that is going to bother me.
1: The I, I fucked that up. This
0: it's, a- we can edit it and post. Rachel, um, <laughs> take that out now. Uh, but uh, I'm just kidding. She's not here. Well, she's, she left. She's at a Starbucks right now. She's getting a venti iced latte, and we're on our own. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I went to Pitt Johnstown. It was the first time I had ever lived outside the of The Mountain home. Cats. The Mountain, mountain, mountain Cat mountain cat or mountain lion mountain cat i think so we were so you were living outside of I, it was the first time i lived outside of home okay, for about a year FA, and a half
1: FAU you did the same thing that's where i went go out yeah Ooh, but they had nice. like the jupiter campus which was the honors right. school then they had they were known for ocean uh marine biology okay. so they had like other campuses scattered throughout the coast and stuff right but boca was the main campus yeah, yeah. and i always thought like when people would be like yeah i went to fau too well i went to fau like you know, Jupiter or whatever. Right. I'd always be like, fucking you didn't go to FAU then. Right. Like if you're not on the campus, campus in right. Boca. 7770 seven seventy Glades Road, Boca Raton,
0: I felt you didn't fucking the go to same FAU. way. When I was at Johnstown, I was like, I want to do everything I can to get to the main campus. So for my first year and a half of college, I went to Pitt Johnstown. I lived with two of my best friends from high school and off campus or in on a campus dorm? in a dorm. All right. So but just, our one roommate, his his cousin, went to school there, and he was 23, 22. Yeah, that's it. Key to the city. T- key to the city. We were... I mean, it is obscene. So he we didn't were, want to go to the
1: main campus, the brother.
0: Um, he was fine being at Johnstown. I don't... Yeah, I guess he would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. 22, yeah, yeah. you're about to graduate. Right, exactly. Done. Yeah, it was his last year, I think. Um. So we where we would just you know give them whatever money we could get and whatever you could and get. bring back as much as you can get you yeah. know like so we were drinking like we would get like you get like a 36 pack of like Natty Ice Fuck Rolling yeah. Rock Rolling Rock beer was always on sale and at St. Patrick's Day, you get free t shirts, free Rolling Rock t shirts. So I had a Rolling Rock t shirt for a while. We get a 36 pack, and our other, our one roommate did not drink. So it was just me and this other guy. Nerd. We would, yeah. Now he's, he's the biggest lush that I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, shout out Doug McGlynn, uh, a good Irish Pittsburgher that will dr- drink anybody under the table, I believe. Uh, But uh, shouts out Doug. uh, Yeah, to the to the whole McGlynn family. God bless you. But uh, no one else will. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) we would get a thirty-six pack of beer, and then we would get a handle of either like um, the plastic vodka handle. Yeah, like Vlad. Mm -hmm. It was big Vladimir vodka, and then we switched to Calico Jack rum which is essentially just sugar water. It was so gross and bad for you, but we would get the, the biggest bottle of Calico Jack Rum I've ever seen in my life, and we would mix that with root beer and Mountain Dew, and that would be Friday, Saturday.
1: Can I tell you something? Huh. People make fun of me all the time when I was in college because I would mix Captain and then later Sailor Jerry with Mountain Dew. Yeah. And people were like, that's fucking disgusting. No. And I was like, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Thank you. Calico Thank Jack
0: you. rum with some Mountain Dew or root beer is Code very red. good. Code Red Mountain Dew. Yeah. With a little it's Captain. It's very, very good. And we would fill the water bottles up. I mean, we would we we were like we were going to war like we would pack up these bags We like we'd never see our dorm again Yeah. because we'd go to a buddy's house that had like a lodge or whatever they call it you know like a bigger dorm or lived with a bunch of other people for like a party and we would just we, so we'd have some drinks at the thing and then you load up the bags and you go go, you to, go war. to war and then you're just out and about and dude it is crazy that the things that we got into like thinking like I'll never forget we were out at this party, and the funny thing is, is you know, my dad. He, I remember, I came home my first semester, and he goes, "Have you been to any parties and stuff?" I said, "Ah, eh, not really." And he goes, "You know, he's like Colin. He's like, you can tell me if you drink. He's like, I don't care if you have a couple beers." And that's when <laughs> I knew I couldn't tell him. <laughs> I actually couldn't tell him because he said you could have a couple beers. We were drinking like the next day. We were going to. You have to be in the front lines at Gettysburg. Yeah. Like, we were drinking so much. so Wanted to die because it was easier. Right, yes. So we, uh, we this one time we're at this, we're at our buddies, and he lives with, like, eight other guys. And there was this guy, Dave, who was a bit of a loose cannon. And our buddy, Doug, who was, who was not drinking he would always dd if we wanted to go somewhere so we we are loaded we get into dave's car and we go to mcdonald's or something and we just you know we come in we just get obscene amount of food and it's disgusting and we get back into dave's car and dave's in the back seat and he goes doug doug he goes reach under the front seat and hand me the box under the front seat And Doug's like reaching under, he's trying to drive. He's like, What's, what is, he's like, He's like, reach under the front seat and give me that box. I said, The front, give me the box, Doug, give me the box. And Doug's like reaching, he's like, What is this? And Dave goes, "It's my handgun." Holy shit! And we're like, "Oh no!" So like, we're all like, "Doug, don't give the box! Don't give the box!" So like, we pull up on campus. We like Doug parks the car. Dave's like, "I gotta get my gun. I gotta get my gun." We're like, "No, dude, do not grab your. Don't 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 get your gun. Also, why do you have a gun on campus? You know what I mean? Like you're parked on campus. So we get out of the car. Dave's like, we like get him into his apartment. We're like, we're like, do not let him go to his car. Right? Please. We got the hell out of there. I don't know. I don't know. He was insane. This guy was insane. Same guy, loose cannon. Loose cannon also pulled a knife on Doug at a party. We're all standing around, and they were friendly enough. And we're all standing around with this guy's big, uh, you know, house, multi-level dorm or whatever it is, you know. And um, we're all having a good time, and. Next thing you know, it just sort of gets kind of quiet and we just see Doug his back's up against the wall. He's kind of like half smiling and this guy Dave has a knife to like Doug's chest, like right. pressed up against Doug's chest. And Doug's like, "Hey Dave, like we're like Dave, Dave, calm Dave, down, like Dave. calm down." He's like, he thinks he's funny. He thinks he's so funny doug you think you're funny and doug's like i don't know it might be funny i don't know if i'm funny and we're like we're, and this guy's a big dude and we're like oh my god like we like we cannot there's no way we're gonna get to him yeah. without someone getting cut you yeah. know what i mean someone getting hurt so dave just goes and goes doug doug funny huh <laughs> doug funny and like starts to laugh and then doug starts to laugh and it was like and then we all just like, ha 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 ha. Like, yeah. we're all like laughing. And then we're all laughing. And he's just like, ah, oh, Doug, funny. And then he just. Like, walks away. Yeah. And we're like, what is going... Like, we have to stop hanging out here. So, I I, I,
1: I like that you told that (laughs) story about Dave, because that's kind of... I never thought about it, but I guess that's how I was perceived in college, was being the loose unit. Sure. Loose cannon. Yeah. I got into a fight. This is my big closing story whenever I do shows. Yeah. My machine story. Right. But I got into a fight with a fellow teammate and pulled a knife and... That's how I got the scar going down my face. I cut my own face open. Really? Like trying to make a point. And the story is a lot funnier, but it's just, I never thought like, like I hang out now that I'm sober, I'll hang out around people who drink. And I'm like, God, that guy's a fucking moron. Right. The more I think about it, the further I get away from my last drunk. I'm like, oh, I was the fucking moron. I was the date.
0: Of course. Of course. We all do that though. We're all so quick to judge anybody that like we're, if like you know, like if somebody that quits smoking, they look at someone with a cigarette and they're like, "You're killing yourself." It's like you st- you still sm- <laughs> you still your, your jacket still M- smells like smoke. Like- Mike Carano,
1: very good friend of the show, been on before, was the uh, manager of the Improv for like 30 years out in California. Great mm-hmm. guy, uh, does all sorts, dabbles in all sorts of things. Has a great podcast uh, with Anderson and Tyler called The After Disaster. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he first got sober, he's going on about 10 years sober. When he first got sober. It's so funny. He was talking about this on their podcast. He would drive by the liquor store, Mm -hmm. like literally weeks after being sober, and be like, "Fucking losers can't handle life."
0: That's so funny. And he was like an alcohol, right? right. And you were like, you were there, not (laughs) like minutes ago. You know, we could count the hours. You know that you were last there. So it's it's interesting
1: you bring up that whole thing with Dave because it's like, oh yeah, like everyone. That's
0: the whole premise of the show,
1: right? Was everyone I would talk to about my crazy stories always had their crazy stories? So it's like right. you can't be quick to judge. Yeah,
0: I mean, here's the thing: is that I'm not a violent drunk by any means, but I'm I'm I feel I do feel like I am a loyal drunk. Yeah, Or like whatever my friends corner, are yeah. doing, I'm doing it too. Yeah, you know, if something's going down, I guess we're all going down together. That kind of thing, you know. And I've been want to have a couple of beers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like. I I would I'm never one to like st- I don't think start trouble I certainly have friends that are and
1: but if they're starting it you're gonna be
0: in um, there with I'm them. just like well I guess you know and I was like I don't know like I played hockey growing up and like when I played hockey later like. I played hockey like through college. Um, oh, you these, played? Like, yeah, like like not um like D one or anything. Oh, like I thought that. you played at no, Pitt. I no no no, I did not play. I was I, gonna say I, normally
1: they don't send those kids to the uh, sub no, sub university. No, well
0: Pitt did not have a pro uh, ice hockey program. They had like a club team, but oh, I played okay. for. I was working at another college while I was in college, and I um they had like hockey programs and stuff, but I played like. In the men's league and stuff like that. Ice hockey? Yeah. And we had a really good team and roller hockey. We had a really good team because we, it was all people that like played in high school. And then it was all people from like the college that maybe was at Robert Morris University. So they would get people that like worked for the college or maybe were a year out of the program and they would come and play. So we had a really good team. And like the the coach of the team would play and stuff. Um, But they were all like, you know, big beer drinkers. So like, before and after every game, it was always a couple beers, and then after you're like hanging out and crack a couple beers. But like, because of that, everybody's like wants to like kill like kill our team because we're like they were so good. You yeah, know? I mean, I wasn't that good. So but, you're like, having a couple but, like, beers, like,
1: then beating the snot out of people, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I wasn't that good. I could hold my own, at, but like, but I was. I was like a third line, fourth line player on a team where guys that like fresh out of like playing college hockey are now coming, having like a couple Miller lights and then going and like wanting to fight a plumber. Yeah. You know, like, like, so people would be (laughs) furious with us. And I, I just, there were just so many times where we were like, we would be, I'd be like talking to a buddy and be like, Oh my God. Like, Derek is gonna fight tonight. Like, and we're all gonna just get dragged into it. Like, let's just try to get out of this with like not getting punched. Can we all just try not to get punched? Yeah. You know, it's like, and you start to think you're like, like, I have class tomorrow, or I have to work tomorrow after school. I don't want to go and I don't the black wanna f- have to fight someone. It's 11.30 at night. I don't want to have to fight this person. But sure enough, like one of the, the players on our team would like start something with somebody, and then it was just like Okay, everybody grabs somebody, you yeah, know, and they just, like, wrestle them to the ground or whatever. and like so you've been in some fights i I mean, I've been in enough like scrums and stuff, and i I've been <laughs> through comedy, I've been closer to fighting actual fights. In, than I've ever had my life. Really? Yes. Yes. Is yes. that
1: because uh, hecklers, or are you talking about other comedians? Um, hecklers.
0: Or? Yeah, there are times <laughs> where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to fight this person. Like I've had hecklers get up and like kind of approach the stage. And I'm like, well, I guess we're going to fight. Yeah. I've had a heckler pull a Love knife that on you're me. not even worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're like, all right, I guess. this is I happening. mean, it's like, it, it, but you're also in that moment, you're so, you're so filled with like blind anger. Yeah. That like I'm so mad that you're interrupting that like
1: I'll just. There are I'll times just... where I'll be in the middle of a story, like a dark story, right. and, and then. Someone will heckle, and I go, "Have you lost your fucking mind?" Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm talking about my eighth arrest. Right. Uh, or like I'll my third you. arrest I mean, for assault. Like, right, what are you doing?
0: Right. Exactly.
1: I don't want to skip over it because I know there's people right now screaming at their phones. Like he just said he got a knife pulled on him. What we, was that?
0: Oh. Oh yeah. I was at an open mic in Pittsburgh, and I wasn't very. Was this I, when you first started? Mm-hmm, yeah. I was probably maybe a year in, if that. And um, I was not doing well. But and I was like doing crowd work, and I wasn't good crowd work. And I'm like making fun of this guy and his girlfriend that are like sitting in the front row because they're talking. And it's again, it's an open mic. I so was there's too, like an audience at the open. Yeah, mic? yeah. But I was just so dumb to think like, well, why? Like they should be paying attention. You know what I mean? It's like it's an open mic. Yeah. I'm standing in front of a beer cooler and TVs are on. In hindsight, I should have just shut. Let it, it go. Let it go. But I'm like, I'm like, Fuck I said you. something to them, and then I look over and the guy's just sitting at the table holding a knife like like his hand is resting on the like barstool table or whatever bar table and uh i look at the manager i'm like it's like oh, joe he's got a knife and then he's just like shrugs he's like oh what are you gonna do <laughs> and like i look at the host and the host is like <clears throat> like kind of gives me the shrug and i'm like okay i guess like uh, i'll finish that joke and then i'll leave so like i told the end of my joke i was in the middle of and Got off stage and just sat in the back of the room until that guy left. Uh, God, were you yeah. terrified? I was more just like it just seemed surreal. Yeah, you know of like, was he gonna stab me? Yeah. What was his plan? I would have liked to have talked to him after. I'd like to talk to him now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> figure out. Yeah, because that's the other thing too is, and that's the situation I found myself in was right. when um, I pulled the knife on my teammate. Sure, I was like. Well, I'm not. Luckily, and I say this in the bit, but luckily, my teammates, yes, uh, improv group, yes, I ended with the best of them, and they right. grabbed me and they go, right. "Taz, Taz, calm down." Because in the moment, thinking back on it, it's like, well, I wasn't gonna stab him, right? Yeah, but it's like I had the knife. Everyone's holding me back, so I had to do something. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so so I, yeah, I'd be curious to know. I like, would.
0: I'd like to find that guy and see what his, in, if he even remembers it. Yeah. You know, but what were his intentions? Were you gonna kill? An overweight open micer. Were you prepared to take a young in front of comic a room full life? of witnesses? You know what I mean. Um, so that was pretty wild. And I've had people like I've had people like be like bad. You know, if I was running a show, like people be like drunk and stuff, and like shout out. And I've asked them like, you know, please be quiet, please. And then like they get real loud, and then we're like screaming, we're nose to nose, we're yeah. yelling, and I'm just like, I I'm not somebody. I don't think I have. I don't have a ton of patience anymore, and I don't have a ton of patience for, like, like I think comedy makes you um, – it, it, it drains whatever, like, patience you had for, like, incompetence and rudeness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can't Same thing with serving. I've yeah. discovered that waiting right. tables. It's a service industry job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think comedy is, like, service industry in the sense of, yeah. like – You're there to provide something, yeah. you know? Well,
1: and it's the same thing. Like, when I first started waiting tables when I was 18, I'd go to restaurants and be like, oh, I'm a server too. Like, I totally get it. And now that I've been doing it for almost 20 years, like, when I go to a restaurant and shit gets fucked up, I go, like, I have no patience for it. I'm like, you should have fucking put the order in. Right, yeah. You should know better.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I get upset with people when they, like, when they continually act out, and like the club doesn't interf- intervene, or like if it's a show that I'm producing, like then I get up, I get upset, and, and I I get upset with people when they're just it's like it's just so rude, like when yeah. it comes down to it, of like especially like, if you you're, pay tickets to go right. watch comedy and then you're gonna talk and the you're whole like time. you're ruining other people's nights, like you know I always be like, do you have any idea like what this takes? Like I I posted a video on Instagram last week of like me flipping out on this lady, like and I'm not at a on stage, I, I'm pretty clean. I'm not really an aggressive comic, but like, I don't like it when, like, so you get out
1: there and people think maybe they get the impression that you're softer. I so think gonna, I think yeah. people
0: get the impression I'm conversational. Yeah, I'm very conversational, and I think people get the impression that they show. can shout out a little bit. I don't do a ton of crowd work, but I am conversational, and so like for example, this lady like just kept interrupting, kept interrupting, and I just lost it. I was just like. She, I was talking about, like I said, I'm, I live in New York or something like that. She's like, you're from New York? I go, yeah. She's like, me too. I was like, I'm from New York. And I drove here. I drove to Ohio. Do you know how long that drive? And I just broke everything down. I was like, tomorrow I have to get my car. I have to drive this many hours. And I have to pay this much in gas. And I have to pay this much in tolls. And I have to eat a Slim Jim sandwich at a rest stop. And I have to you know hold my pee so I can make good time. And I have to like not get to my bed until and i am just like so you have to be quiet like yeah. you have to be quiet because it took everything in me to get here like and, and i am here and it. now you're ruining it you're ruining it for me and you're ruining it for did people she shut around up? you uh she did be shut up after that but it was you know then you just have to be like go back into like so anyway my so, my sister <laughs> watches crazy. some crazy movies you yeah. know like um but she did she did come up to me after her and her friends and She was like, didn't even like, didn't even face it. She's like, I'm from Long Island. Oh my God.
1: So she just kept bringing it up.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then her friend came up to me. She's like, we weren't trying to bother you. We were just having fun. And I said, well, as long as you had fun, that's all that matters, isn't it? And she was like, Yeah I'm like They
1: actually they yeah, they're gonna be like later. Of course Yeah, right.
0: I'll see you later. Yeah, um, so
1: we have time. I wanna do uh one more of these stories. Yeah, please. We kinda got off on a tangent about college. But sure. that's good. That's what I love about the show is I always get a list and then half the time yeah, yeah. you go off to Well that's not you even on you the do the a great
0: list. job of like I, I it's such a it's such a free show. I, it's such a fun thing to do. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. I appreciate that. Um do you wanna do the dad your dad's Christmas party or blacking out in Cincinnati? We've got about 5 minutes. Okay.
0: Um I'll do the I'll do the the my dad's Christmas party. All right. All right. So this is this past year. Um, oh, so this is recent. This is recent. This is December. Yeah. <laughs> this is a few months ago. So this past my you know my dad's got this podcast and his blog and everything and and him and his business partner they they, they work I I I give them as much as I joke around about like the silliness of like my dad having a podcast, like they work so hard. They work. I mean, I work as hard as I feel like I need to. They work so hard to, to create this company, you know, it was, it's so like I give them all the credit in the world and they had this Christmas party for their employees and their families and stuff. So, and one of my best friends who's a, who's a comic um, also does some work for my dad okay so he's there and my sister's there and she's like fresh off of having like a baby first night out her boyfriend's there i'm there obviously my dad's there my dad's business partner her husband's there who's a big partier her kids are there so there's like 20 some people at this very nice back room of like a, you know, like the Brazilian steakhouses where they come out and like a very nice Brazilian steakhouse at Pittsburgh back room open bar thing, right? So, Uh, I uh, get uh. there a little late and I sit down and the waiter comes there and goes, what are you drinking? I go, Jameson on the rocks. He goes, well, you have to catch up so I'll get you a double. I said, my man, that's what I'm talking about.
1: That service.
0: Also on the table are like 12 bottles of red wine, okay? So, I, the first thing you do is you pour yourself a glass of wine because you're here and it's yeah. like oh let me get you a glass of wine. So I get my I I have a glass of red wine, I have a double Jameson coming shortly and I am drinking and we're eating and it's everyone's being merry and whatnot and they just keep bringing drinks out. You know, they just keep whatever you had that you just it's like another so I'm just drinking double Jamesons, not realizing that the first Jameson that I had was a double, and he's just bringing me double Jamesons. Because yeah, in my other hand is constantly a glass of red wine. You know what I mean? So I'm when I when I'm going to cleanse my palate with is red wine. So then they have karaoke in the back of the room, right? The, the, but they get a karaoke machine. Everybody's going to sing, and it's to be fun. So we do this karaoke, and I'm I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, and I'm singing, and my. But, you know, again, one of my best friends is there. Yeah. He's also a comic. I'm like, this is so fun. We're singing. He's drinking. My sister's hammered because this is the first time she's been out in a long time. I'm like, this is great. Hannah's here. We're all getting, well. you know, we're, we're going to live forever. Yeah. You know, that kind of. So the night, the, the, then they go, okay, like last call. And they bring us like as many drinks as they can like justify. Like, yeah. like So everyone's just like downing. It drinks all the bottles of wine. we like getting the last drop out. You know, I, I drove to the party, but did not. I think I left my car there or I don't know how actually my car left that party. But it, I didn't take it. I get in my sister's boyfriend's truck and I'm on the phone with my mom. I don't know how I get on the phone with my mom. But she's like, where's Ray? Where is Ray? Is he? Is he Ray gonna drive you somewhere? I go, Ray left. Ray's gone. Ray was in the seat in front of me. <laughs> and I was so already like blacked out, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know we were going. We end up at this little bar that Ray and I used to run shows in Pittsburgh. We used to run comedy shows there. And so the owner knows us, the owner knows my dad. We're in the basement. And they're like, it's it's like, again, he's like, whatever you guys want. I'm happy you guys are here. And we're just like crushing beers and stuff. And um, I don't really remember any of it except for this point where they, there's a microphone and there's a piano on stage because it's like a music place, jazz club kind of thing. And I could play the piano well enough. So- I Sober. Sober. So my dad or or his business partner goes, you guys got to go up there and play something. Oh no! I'm like, okay. And so my buddy Ray, he's he's like, you know, he's a showman. So he's like, I'll sing something. And he's like, what do you, I was like, what do you want to play? He goes, how about Elton John? I was like, okay. I sit down at the piano and I have like the the notes or chords on the phone. And I don't know what I played, but I know it wasn't Elton John. But I know that he was singing Elton John's Your Song, and I was just playing a completely different song. And it must have been so bad. God. But in my head, I just remembered thinking, like, okay, like, keep it together, keep it together, like, just don't fall over. like, yeah. like. And that's kind of the, where the night ended for me of where I really left. So the end of the night goes with uh, – somebody drove me back to my dad's and I got I didn't I I got in the back seat of their car like an Uber instead of in the front and cuz I must have thought I called an Uber I get back to my dad's and I crawled apparently crawled from the car into his house into his apartment and then from the entry into his apartment to the bathroom where i just vomited ah. all night and uh i woke up the next morning like still in like i think still in like a sport coat and it was just like i had no idea what happened like i I, I mean it was like the it was like my whole night after really after we left the and and you like after you left the steakhouse right. was and you're blank. like oh my god not only was i that drunk but i was did that in front of 20 of my dad's employees and their families. You know what I mean? Get and like some. my sisters hit, you know? So then and the next day is Christmas Eve. So I go to my mom's the next day and she's like, Are you sick? Do you have COVID? Are you sick? Like you don't look well. I'm like, I'm Alcohol poisoning, mom. I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally going to die. Like I'm so sick right now. That's hilarious. I was like, I don't have COVID. It was, it was maybe the drunkest I've been since. Uh, then in a long time, beautiful. And, yeah, so perfect.
1: Well, that's a great way to wrap it up. Yeah, Plug everything yeah. one more time.
0: Colin underscore comedy on the gram and on TikTok. That's all that matters. Um, and Twitter is Colin comedy and my special. Hello, it's me. It's on YouTube. The album's on iTunes. Check it out. Stream Boom. it. Watch it. Tell somebody. Thank you.
1: Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Of course, Brennan T. Comedy at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. Brennan T. Comedy.com. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash Brennan and we'll talk to you all next week.